When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking. Time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Yes, ma'am, you had better. Wake them up. Get them up and get them going Tuesday on BNE. Hope you had a wonderful uh, Monday to start the month of May. Day two begins right now. With a lot to do. NBA playoffs last night, some Major League Baseball, still some post NFL draft recap to get to. A lot of good conversations to start this Tuesday morning. It'll be a warm one. Warm air continuing through the rest of the week. Could be some storms on Thursday coming your way. Nothing's going to get in the way of the uh, 22nd plane of the mullet open on Friday. I can guarantee you that. Looking like a muggy 90-degree day for the event coming up Friday. Also, you got the mini mullet on Thursday, which we're looking forward to, the little smaller version, but still should be a lot of fun. Uh, Golf on the brain. Also, uh, the Kentucky Derby coming up on Saturday. Uh, We'll dive in there. We're going to talk to our man, Kirk Godby, this morning. Uh, He is uh, the man in charge of the Don't Tell My Wife Stables, our good friend Craig Flowers from the high ground, and that horse confidence game who will come out of... The four-hole uh, four mm. uh, after yesterday's draw. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit as well. But a lot to do. Just uh, ready to crank this thing up on a Tuesday morning. Plenty of conversations. And appreciate you being there. Wherever you find us this morning and every morning. Maybe it's 104.9 on the FM dial. Could be 101.9 FM, AM 1260. And you know we always are streaming for you. We make it easy as possible to find us on your smart phone with the Horn app, which is free to download and easy to do. Also on your smart speaker whether it's at home or work or wherever. Also, we appreciate you finding it at hornfm.com. Always on the Twitch channel if you want to watch it, listening to it and streaming it wherever you are at hornfm.com. Mr. Godbolt. Good morning to soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much to you and your families. Thank you for your support. We do appreciate it each and every day, and please be careful out there. Absolutely. As we get you going on this Tuesday morning, happy uh National Teachers Day. So thanks to all the uh, the educators Absolutely. out there. You have an education degree. I do. And, One and uh, a half. Uh, I think they're winding up their year. What is it? Into the month of uh, of May now. Only probably a couple three weeks before the uh, the school year will come to an end. Thanks to all to all the efforts to educate. I know it's been a challenging run here uh, for, for schools, and uh, appreciate all the things the teachers do. Uh, don't get enough support, my friend, but they uh, do, do a hell of a job. So we appreciate them getting up. Having and getting to educate out. your kids. Your kids. Yeah, the parents <laughs> got to figure that out during COVID, right? Yeah. And then when they. 
<laughs> took the schools down. Absolutely. Parents had to take that into their own, their, their own hands, realize just how difficult the child of yours can be. You know what I'm saying? It's also National Brother and Sister Day. So if you want to say hi to your siblings on this morning, we'll get that going as well. It's going to be a, a fun Tuesday with lots to dive into. T.Y. is through the glass as well. Any winning bets last night, my friend? NASCAR, three in a row. NASCAR had to finish up uh, the race yesterday. And what are you, you're on, you're on a NASCAR heater now? What's going on with that? Oh, yeah. Picked three winners, three weeks in a row. Feeling, feeling good. How now Rodney he... helped me yesterday, though, I will say. Rodney Rodriguez, speaking of our Saturday morning lineup with uh, revved up ATX, all the speed you can handle. Uh, so, do you just pick one driver or do you pick multiple drivers? How do you do this? I put half a unit on four different drivers. Half a unit. Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to disclose how much is a unit? Uh, that, leave that up to your, your imagination. It's not very much, though. Do you have a unit play, Buck? What's your, do you have a unit number that you stick to or you just kind of bounce around? Just bounce it. Bounce it. What are you feeling? The gut. Uh, okay, but you but so you but you have a consistent unit play that you play, Ty. I had, right? I, I had to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> I had to, oh, yeah, once months. he got ahead, he started to go a little crazy, probably. Exactly. But yeah, no, it was a good race yesterday. Um, I, it was probably the least exciting of all the ones I've watched, but it's always exciting trying to, to get, see a winner. I like this because so, so Ty's trying to get into the NASCAR because he produces the Saturday morning lineup quite a bit. He's gotten to know Rodney, and so he's trying to get into it. And your way of getting into a sport is to bet on it, right? That's put some stakes on it. Yeah, put some keep put some skin in yeah. the game, keep you interested. Where was our race yesterday? Dover. Dover. Yeah. Dover, Delaware. You ever been to Dover? I've not been to Dover Speedway, no. I have. I of course, I've been through the Poconos and all the other ones. I've driven past it. My brother lives in Wilmington, Delaware, so if you're on your way to, to the beach, to the Atlantic coast, you go right past Dover. And I used to hang out in Nazareth, PA, home of the Andrettis. Yeah, that's not too far from... Uh, um, because Delaware, where my brother lives, is a tiny oh, little three-county oh, yeah. state. I mean, you can drive through the whole thing either direction in an hour. Get to Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you New got York. you up into Pennsylvania. Gosh, you you come out of a brother's neighborhood, you hit across the freeway, and all of a sudden you're in Pennsylvania. You're like, what? Oh, you're Just in D.C., Virginia. I mean, yeah, you're right going there. south, you're into D.C. And, and, and Baltimore, actually, if you go due south uh, through the Delmarva Peninsula there. But uh, Dover yesterday, um, who was our winner? Did you uh, pay attention? It was Martin Truex Martin Jr. Truex Jr. Wags guy. This is this is Wags' favorite race car driver. Oh, yeah. Okay, Martin Truex Jr. Wags. The rain postponed it to Monday and Wags. Yeah, man. So Ty made some money yesterday, which is a good thing. We'll get some picks for today as well. Are you feeling uh, good about the proceedings towards the big event? I know it's uh, every year for you to work some, you know, months and months and months to get ready for what's going to happen on Thursday and Friday. You feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. They're, they'll be there tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Two trucks. And I've got a different mover this year, E, for the first time in 20-some years. Well, that's that's an explanation needed there. You have so many prizes you give away at this tournament on Thursday and Friday. You always like to pride yourself that every pro- player that plays will walk away with something. At least something, yeah. At least something. And uh, so you need a moving truck yes. to move it all from where you're keeping it now, which I'm assuming is at your house. It's at the man shed. <laughs> the man shed. The it's, he uh, shed. Two trucks are coming. Two moving trucks. Yeah. Two are In size. Two, two will be there. And then we'll head out there tomorrow morning and start unloading stuff, get ready for out Thursday. Out there would be the uh, Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. Oh, boy. Wolf and that Dancer. is a beauty now, because remember, they, they've encased that now. It's glassed off. Remember, we used to be out on that veranda there? Yeah, it's beautiful. Where it would be 90 degrees or 100 degrees. We actually did this, Ty. We used to do this in July. It started, like, in July. Yeah, that was smart. And <laughs> and then it's kind of calm down. The older the guys got, you know, they were already old when we first started. So 22 years later, you know how old they are now? They can't get out there in that heat. There have been some 
that have sort of come. Well, I can to tell you, we first started. Heat. I was 28, so <sighs> yes. Now, now I'm 50. So that's, here we go. Close to my age. Dude, <laughs> yeah. the, the beginning of this thing was just amazing. E. Hogan, at one time, had to go. We ran out of beverages. We ran out of beer. Beer. The first we had, we were, you just had well, two flights. Well, this was way back at um, Circle we were C, the at old Circle, Circle C. C. It's now called Gray Rock. Yes, and yeah, we Names played. Have a, changed. We did the show out there. We did a morning flight and an afternoon flight. You were you were, you know, young and aggressive, and oh. you're trying to say, let's do two big flights of tournament. Oh and, uh, gosh, you know, we we bought all the beer for the first for the whole day. Well, Brown Distributing the, was one of they've yeah. always been right there along with Tito's. I mean, it's just Brown Distributing and Agnes they gave us the a team. certain amount that they said right. there's just no way. It was supposed to be for the whole day. And, uh, it was beer for the whole day. By the end of uh, lunchtime after the first flight, it was it was gone. So yours truly <laughs> had to run down to the Randalls there and just uh, load up. Hey, Bucky gave me the credit cards and go get like, as much no as you can. There's no way that these people can drink like that. It's the morning flight. Yeah, it's this was early even the, the yeah, this was the morning crew too. So that would be the lighter. Of the two, not the case, Gosh. not the case. Now, I will say, in uh, the years, the two decades plus since we've been doing that, uh, they've toned it down a little bit. Like they won't. I mean, yeah, they, they it's are not older. About drink, it's not about the, drinking; it's about the prize. It, it used to be like a drinking contest. <laughs> we had to make phone calls to people that were still down on Sixth Street. I mean, yeah. I mean, we would have the party would be the night before. Yeah, that's right. You used to do a Thursday free party. That's where we saw about the Gary Lake. Clark Jr. played Gary at Clark one time. Jr. Play. Yeah, when he was a young up and comer for beer at twenty one. Right? No, I don't think he was twenty one. Yeah, I don't think we checked his ID when Gary was strumming the guitar and doing his thing up on the stage down there at the Hyatt uh, Hotel. Remember having a, we would have, Bama Brown uh, did the auction, the first year auction. We had an auction like Friday night before, and then all of a sudden Gary Clark Jr. gets up and he started, he's a little amplifier. Well, if I remember correctly, when we first started this, you were still partaking. Oh, I was a, oh, I was a drunk. <laughs> I was dead up. I would stay at the Hyatt downtown for like three days. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's coming up on Thursday with now the Mini Mullet, which is uh, kind of the overflow group. And then Friday, and thanks to the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort there for hosting, and we're looking forward to it. With their new name, the Hyatt Lost, Lost Pines, Pines Golf, Golf Club. Club. Yeah, it's no longer the Wolf Dancer uh, Golf Course. They've changed that to Lost Pines. They've also changed. They've added four new holes. So you'll if you haven't been out fun. there since last year's Mullet Open, you'll get to uh, experience the four new you'll holes. you love those holes. Those holes are really nice. I'm looking forward to that. A drivable par four, which... All the big hitters can't wait. You know, Quan Ka. Well, you, you use your driver on the par threes yes, out there of course for crying out loud. They're so long, but Quan Didn't will you be a hole there. in one with a par th- with a driver on that on one of those holes. No, I had a seven wood. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> seven wood hole in one. Nobody asked what the n- number of the club. No, they was. don't know. It just they if don't it goes know. in the, if it goes in in one stroke, it's that's one. I don't care if you hit it with a putter. No pictorials. It on was the a cards. snow shovel. It's a hole in one. Now, if you take a mulligan uh, on the tee box no. and, you, and you hit a hole in one, it's not a hole in one. No, it's not a hole in one. It's a par. Just a par. I've had a buddy who we've gotten. He's he's done that, and he swear he's like, "Well, it's a hole in one." No, well, it's it's, it's a hole in one swing, yes, yes, but it's not a hole in one. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, not, it's a par. No, because we were loud, there. noisy par. We're like, no, so, that doesn't count, buddy. Sorry. Yes, we've had this at the this tournament at Flint Rock Falls at the Hills of Lakeway, also at um, what's the other Falcon course? Head. Like Falconhead Golf Course was fun because there was a hole in one at a par four at Falconhead once. Hole in one at a par four. Yeah, on that that backside. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've never had a hole in one ever. I've I've, I've had two. I've actually I've actually come closer to a, a two on a five than albatross. But I my my screensaver on my phone is this the uh, the very very close on the the original hole number one at Onion Creek. I nearly made a two on the par five. Well, we we have a, a seven iron, and we we have so many people. But it eat. stopped like one inch. We're so excited about being in a Thursday event because of the chef. That's, that's all I keep Kendall. hearing about. I keep hearing about the burger. 
It's all about the burger. That's right. Travis Tyndall, Hayes City Store and Ice House will be out there making. He brings his trailer. Oh, he makes be some fun. of the best damn burgers you've ever had in your life. Uh, all right, so uh, let's get to the headlines, trending topics, things we're talking about on a Tuesday morning in addition to the 22nd plane of the Mullet Open. We'll start with Texas baseball. UBO Business Services brings you the news. Longhorns could not close out the sweep at TCU yesterday. They dropped the series finale 15-7 to in Fort Worth. Game didn't turn out the way the Horns wanted to. Rough day on the pitcher's mound, but team did welcome back to the mound. Tanner Witt made his return to the to return for the first time since last February. Underwent Tommy John surgery after his second start of the year. Uh, well, he's back and was on the hill yesterday. Pitched two-thirds of an inning to 23 pitches. Allowed a couple of hits. Walked a batter. Hit a batter before Heston Toll took over for head coach David Pierce. Definitely adrenaline was going, of course, and just felt like he's probably moving away from the rubber a little bit and sit up, down, he's kind of running to the plate, which causes you to kind of drag your arm. But, I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get when you're in a, a situation like that. So, like I told the team going into the game in our uh, pregame meeting, it, Tanner Wood is such a great teammate that, you know, they were 100% behind him on this deal, and we'll continue it. we got to help him as he can potentially help us down the road. Longhorns take two of the three in Fort Worth. They're 10-8 uh, and eight now in Big 12 play. No midweek game for the Longhorns. They'll play to Kansas on Friday. In tennis, uh, how about the Texas tennis men's tennis team? First time in program history. Top-ranked team in the country has earned the number one seed overall in the 2023 NCAA championship field that was announced yesterday. Longhorns host first and second round matches this Saturday and Sunday at the Texas Tennis Center. Texas women earned the eighth national seed overall. They're going to host matches on Friday and Saturday. NBA playoffs last night. Top seeds in the Western Conference have now taken the first two games of their series with the Phoenix Suns. Nikola Jokic, Jokic scored 39 points, pulled down 16 rebounds, lead the Denver Nuggets to a 97-87 win last night. Uh, they've taken the first two. Denver, Devin Booker led Phoenix with 35. Kevin Durant had 24, but those two also combined to miss a whopping 32 shots on the night, including 14 from three. In the East last night, surprise party in Boston. The 76ers playing without the injured star Joel Embiid rose up behind a huge night from James Harden and took down the Celtics in game one, 119-115. Harden matched his playoff career high with 45 Five points, including a go-ahead step-back three over Al Horford with under 10 seconds to go. Uh, Tyrese Maxey added 26. Tobias Harris finished with 18. Major League Baseball Astros beat the, the San Francisco Giants 7-3 in the first game of that three-game series at Minute Maid Park, but concerns aplenty in that Houston clubhouse because for the second straight game, an Astros starting pitcher has had to leave the game with an injury. Last night, it was right-hander Luis Garcia lasted eight pitches before signaling the team trainers that he was experiencing discomfort in his right elbow. He will undergo further evaluation today. His departure comes one day after fellow righty Jose Arquiti exited Sunday night's win over the Phillies with a shoulder issue. He was placed on the DL, uh, the injured list yesterday. Both Round Rock and the Rangers had the night off. Texas opens a series with Arizona tonight. The Express are in Reno. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, kind of feel like one of those years for the Astros. The Astros have had a lot of great years, but man, uh, the injury bug just seems to be... Uh, coming all too often. We know Jose Altuve got hurt during the World Baseball Classic, got hit on the on the hand with a pitch. He's been out for a couple of months now. They've started the season without Lance McCullers and uh, Michael, Michael Brantley, uh, who are still trying to work their way back. They'll get Altuve back probably middle to the end of this month. But man, I mean, the starting pitch, you know Justin Verlander signed away with the Mets, yep. and now Jose Arquiti and Luis Garcia back-to-back nights. 
this will test the Strohs. They're, I mean, they're three games over 500. They're 16 and 13, and some of the key guys in their lineup still haven't really gotten going yet, including Lance, uh, Alex Bregman, Jose Abreu's in a terrible slump right now. Even Jeremy Pena has been scuffling a little bit, but uh, uh, the pitching staff has always been the rock for Houston, and you wonder. I mean, you just cross your fingers for Kitty and now for Luis Garcia. I mean, Luis Garcia. Just one of these big guys built like a football player who's just been in a horse for Houston. He's made 28 or more starts in each of the last two years. Uh, and you just get used to those guys climbing the mound and giving you a chance to win ball games. Uh, last night, eight pitches in, you could tell something was wrong. He signaled to Martin Maldonado, the catcher, and uh, didn't throw another pitch before they shut him down. That was not good. Not good on the heels of what we saw Sunday night with the Phillies and Jose Urquidy. Is that that this first quarter – Pain starting to set in on some of the pitching, uh, maybe. Well, I, don't, I mean, look, the Astros have played a lot of games. I mean, they've been in the AL- ALCS six consecutive years at least. They've been to the World Series, um, you know, over and over again. So, I mean, that's people like it, cry me a river. But you, you, you log a lot of innings, and uh, you know, guys, you know, a lot of you know, start of the season, you come out firing all of a sudden, a yeah, quarter well, into well, it, a lot of high leverage innings that you're yeah. pitching, and the World Baseball Classic was a part of this year, so a little different, or it's just. Just one of those years. I mean, you just you just never know. And uh, it does feel like the injury bug more than we've seen before for that ball club. Uh, I mean, the Rangers are crossing their fingers for Jacob deGrom, obviously. Uh, he left their start on Saturday with uh, an arm, arm problem as well. So, man, it is... Uh, uh, injury well, the Rangers knew that was going to, to come eventually. It just depended <laughs> well, you on hoped it didn't. what part. Yeah, you hoped it did. You hope it didn't. But as it was long as to... it's not major, yeah, I, I can take a few ten, fifteen day uh, sure. IL. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for him, hell yeah. For him, it's not a half the season. Well, that's you what hope. you hope, right? I mean, that you just you know the minute one of your starting pitchers feels something of discomfort and it doesn't feel right, get out. You know, hopefully it's just a strain, something minor. But when you see. You know, Luis Garcia grab his elbow immediately after throwing a cutter. You're like, ooh, and then he let you know eight pitches into the ball game. Uh, you know, the one with uh, with Urquidy might be a little more optimistic in that he had pitched into the sixth inning and uh, felt a little discomfort in his shoulder, and they shut him down. He's on the 15 day IL now. We'll see. Uh, you know, you just cross your fingers because the Astros will get Lance McCullers back here at some point. He's working his way back. Uh, they do still have some, you know, a pretty good amount of pitching. Yes, I mean last night Brandon Belak, who they had just called up from Sugarland because of the Urquidy situation, was called into service immediately. He had just shown up to about the ballpark essentially and joined the team, and he was in there in the first inning and pitched really well. Uh, gave the Astros a chance to win that ball game, so and they did seven to three. They'll play again tonight. We'll get more on the Garcia injury and waiting on the Jacob Degrom, you know, big picture for them out of Arlington. NBA last night, James Harden. Hey, man, oh, playoff geez. James is back. Well, I, I I've never really called him playoff James, but he was awesome last night. Uh, Dude, he, I don't know how that guy gets his shot off. How does he make that space? Well, he plows through people. I mean, he pushes does he off. Do the, does he, he push pushes off? off like nobody's big? He's always some, done that. It's always like, does anybody know he's a left-handed shooter? Why are you on his right hand? I mean, he's a left-hander. You guys should be blocking that guy's shot. Well, man, I mean, does he make space? Well, he was. I will say that, again. This is to give James Harden a lot of praise because I've, ridic- I've criticized him a lot back to his days with my Rockets. But uh, I've never seen him that aggressive since he's come to Philly. That's that's yeah. an aggressive game, right? Yeah, there. that was that really was. I mean, I think you, you're right about that. Well, this is Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's team. It's you know he's going to be tomorrow night. They're going to announce the MVP of the league, right? And it's either going to be Embiid or Giannis or Nikola Jokic, who you saw putting on a show last night mm-hmm. for the Denver Nuggets. One of those three guys going to win this award. So yeah, that team. You know, when James Harden was in Houston, you know, that was his team, right? He was the alpha. He was the leader, and you know the, this 
But now without Joel Embiid, you kind of need that guy to step back up and lead the way. And you know Boston will make some adjustments, but they had no answer for Harden last night. He was tremendous, and uh, he hit huge shots down the stretch. And yes, he pushes off. I mean, he likes to lean that shoulder in and do that little step back thing. He'll create contact. Well, he was taking threes. He was hitting threes. He was hitting from everywhere. He was. He was outstanding last night. And uh, the beard is just. Super full right now with with my man James. The beard is almost like over taking over his face. Not sure what's going on. You're the gardener. He might need some gardening. Yeah, this I think I got a tool for that. Plus, my man Harden wore an awful outfit to the game. I don't know if you no, saw that. I did not see that. Thank I, goodness, those jeans. Well, it's like a sweatsuit thing that was. I don't know, man. He's he's a fashion guy too, I guess. But uh, James Harden was awesome. Awesome last night. They take the first game, and you know it's going to be. A, they, they they likely won't have Joel Embiid in this series. I mean, it's a Knee injury suffered, I guess, at the end of the first round. But do we even know what that knee injury is? I don't. Undisclosed. Yeah. At this point? Well, they said that what I heard yesterday is that it would be in the regular season would be kind of a four week injury, and it happened in the last series. And they've been sitting, so there's kind of hope if we can extend this series, maybe. But uh, same time, you know, let's let James get back to Vegas, okay? Can Vegas. we get him back to Vegas? Didn't he take off and go to Vegas like two last, last week? week. Well, yeah, they were let's off. Go. Good for him. You got the good strip clubs in Vegas. What are you let's talking go. about? Let's go. Let's go back to Vegas, James. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just you know, I've got I got off time. Coach gives you time time away. Doc Rivers, or Glenn Rivers. I'm sorry, Glenn Rivers. There's only one doctor. There's only one doctor in Philadelphia. But uh, yeah. that was good. That was about as aggressive I've seen him in a long, long time. He, he was he was outstanding. I mean, he was bringing the ball up. He was taking a shot. I and mean, Maxie was not. I mean, he didn't play that well last night. He had 26. Did he? Yeah, they hit a lot of threes, and James Harden was the facilitator in all of those, right? He was dishing and diamond and doing his unorthodox James Harden way. Man, he was uh, making aggressive. shots and uh, doing his thing. And in Phoenix and Denver, meanwhile, Phoenix in trouble because Max uh, ended up with twenty six points because I thought he had six at like just before the half. He didn't. He, he was 20, just kind of. He had either twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, twenty six points, uh, eighteen for. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris as well last night. But, man, Nikola Jokic took over the game last night oh, in Denver, 39 points. As I mentioned in the headlines, you know, if the Suns, you know, Booker and Durant, I mean, they're so top-heavy with those two guys. Uh, but they, they missed a lot of shots last night. They both scored. but They, they shot a lot of threes. They were not efficient. <laughs> they were not efficient from Durant the floor. Durant, like, would he miss 17 shots? Man. He's yeah. like, I think I think he missed seventeen. That's that's not good. He was he was his plus minus was like minus four. Yeah, he was ten for twenty seven. So he missed seventeen shots last night. Uh, his plus minus minus four. Devin Booker was fourteen for twenty nine. So not their normal selves. And we know they don't have any bench at all. So in, you know, as we've talked about, and Ty has pointed out many times, in the trade to acquire Kevin Durant, they gave away their depth to try to build this incredible starting five. And you know if you get. Those guys missing a bunch of shots. And look, Denver's really good. Remember, this is a Denver team who is doubted because they were a top seed last year and couldn't make it. But this is the year they have Jamal Murray back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray was out last year with the injury. He gives them the wing presence to go with Jokic down low. And Aaron Gordon is there and Michael Porter Jr. I mean, they've got a lot more depth. And, and when Jokic is going to play like that, he might win the MVP again coming up tomorrow. You know, he's, he's the best player on the floor. Uh, but they've taken the first two in... Denver, Phoenix will take that back to the desert, try to defend their home court and make that a long series. So those were the basketball games last night, baseball as well. We'll dive back into some NFL draft conversation because uh, the draft is still the postmortem. There's so many storylines coming out of it. Power rankings, uh, who helped themselves the most over the weekend, um, who made the big moves, including the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Texans. Have uh, Is it fair to say that the Texans, Buck, didn't just have a draft, they rebranded the team? I mean, I know that... I think so. I mean, there wasn't, even as a Texans fan, there 
there wasn't much to sell or root for. Well, I, I think when, you, when, you, when they did what they'd done for the last two years, that's just flat out trying to tank. Yeah, they've lost double 12 yeah. games or more each of the last two. Right. Two different head coaches. And I, I think everybody understood the game. You can't come out and announce you're tanking. But, mm-hmm. you know, when Bill O'Brien leaves and leaves you cap-strapped and without any draft picks and not a lot of talent, you know, and the Deshaun Watson story emerges where he can't play for you right now, uh, it leads to, you know, I think 700 I think, days of, of just, you know, it's hard to be a fan. But at the same time, in a short amount of time, the 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 fact that they cleared all the cap space, they right. acquired all the draft capital, they hired D- D'Amico Ryans, which fired everybody up, uh, a fan favorite, one of the fa- most popular players in franchise history. I think they want to be a, a complete kind of team. I don't well, think they're they trying want to. to. I, they don't want to lean one way or the other. But I got a feeling they're going to be more on the defensive side. I think they're going to be well, with a the really, defensive coach. I mean, and they don't have really talented receivers. Even if the quarterback is really good, they don't. There's nobody going to be running past. Yeah, we'll anybody. talk about that coming up. And the you Cowboys, know? obviously, they're trying to keep up with the Philadelphia Eagles in the in the NFC right now. And I think they're right there along with the 49ers. But uh, I think all three teams helped themselves, and maybe nobody more than the Eagles over the weekend. So we'll dive into that. The rebrand of the Texans, because point of it is. There wasn't a lot to grab onto even as a fan. And now you've got a head coach that everybody loves who is one of the, the more popular players in the team's history. Uh, he's come in and given them a, a breath of fresh air. And then you make these draft picks, and whether they work or not, we'll see. But you have a quarterback who was a really good player at Ohio State, best pure passer in the draft. Uh, now you have a bedrock on defense at, uh, with Will Anderson to kind of build around. Still a ton of work to do. You're not a, by, by any means a finished product, but at least something to – there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, this whole you know 700 days of terribleness to get out of the Bill O'Brien mess may be coming to an end. So a rebrand. By the way, the Texans are going to be putting out new uniforms and kind of some new look this year. I'd like a new logo out of them. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I think this is all part of a big new rebrand in Houston to kind of re- re- restart the team and restart the deck here. You know, 21 years into their their existence, they kind of have to because the Deshaun Watson mess was so ugly. The Bill O'Brien in the wake of it, and back-to-back coaches fired. It's just been they need that, and they need a fresh start. And we'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I just I would love to see some incredible defense by them. Well, then o- I know your offense is what's going to do it for you in the NFL and, and scoring in your quarterback. But I like to see them be outstanding. I think, I think they've got a young group that's going to be something special on defense in two years. Well, that'd be the hope. And I think it's you, you get, the blueprint will be San Francisco, right? Great lines of scrimmage, a lot of weapons on offense, fast and physical on defense. Great secondary. And then, you know that fast and physical on defense starts with pass rush, and that's why they gave up what they did to go up. And, you know, people talk about they went up to get Will Anderson. They, the trade they made was to get both players. That right. was really what that was about. It wasn't about one player. It was about when you only have one pick in the top three, they'd be able to secure two players, cornerstones on, on either side, to to be to begin the re- reboot of your franchise is what they gave up the draft capital for. So uh, we'll talk Texans-Cowboys, the NFL draft in recap, plus Craig Way has his report coming up. we got some B&E facts of the day on a Tuesday. Glad you're with us. It's uh, National Teacher's Day. Thanks to all the educators out there Thank here you. on B&E. It's Bucky and Aaron. Tuesday on the Horn, B and E with you. Getting you out of the draft, getting you ready for the mullet open. That's right. How many people play in the mullet open this year? Do we have a, a total number? You know, on Thursday there's 50 players. It's just you know, it's 10 teams for uh, 10 teams E for Thursday, but the mullet open has over 200 players as usual, 180 something. 
with uh, two at every box and then, you know, three teams at the par fives. But it goes, it goes pretty good because, you know, you can only get bogey. It does, it's not oh, one of those deals. It makes it move a little faster. Oh, yeah. And then you I only, like par as your friend, really, when I play in a tournament. I think, yeah, I think par, <laughs> it may be par. I may be wrong on that. but it's, I don't think anybody needs to be taking par putts in a scramble. And we don't do, I mean, bogey putts yeah, in we a don't, scramble. Yeah, we don't do all that. You know, you can buy all these different, you know, extra shots and all that. You get one per person. That's it. One mulligan? One mulligan. That'd be it, Ty. You need six or seven mulligans. Best part of a scramble is you got four guys. Hey, do you use your mulligan? No, I don't think I have oh, used yeah, mine. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, real, no, I, I don't even, think I've used mine yet. No, we just used the last hole. You use your mulligan. Why don't you use your mulligan? We, we need to make this putt. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I love it. I just, it's a busy day, but it's an awful fun day. It's good to see everybody By the way, back. You know what the, my, one of my favorite tournaments to play in and be a part of is the uh, NFL alumni event yes. that they have, NFL alumni Austin Chapter. Been River Place. Now they usually have it out in Great Hills the last couple of years, but it's a big event because the, you know, it's one of the thirty-two chapters around the around the country, right? It's, for it's NFL alumni, well, not thirty-two. There are more the than biggest, that. Is it not? It's it's the most profitable. They raise the most yeah. money here in Austin, which of course it's pretty amazing. That they don't have an NFL team here, uh, but a lot of former NFL players live here and participate and get involved in that. Uh, but the the reason that one's fun as a player is that they every every foursome has a a scorekeeper who travels with them. Oh, they don't play that at the Mullet Open. They wouldn't. They, somebody yeah. would. Somebody would be every, in a trap, every, buried in a trap group, somewhere. Yeah, every group has a, a scorekeeper who goes and watches, and because the score's got to be posted for, uh, you know, for all, because the winning team gets a trip to like Vegas or whatever right. to play in the the Super Bowl or whatever they call it. So they they have to have an accurate read, so you can't be doing the fudging and the pencil whipping and that stuff. So the the, the actual tournament moves pretty quickly, and you get you know you know what you don't get when you play in that tournament is. 18 or 19 under. You don't get that. You don't like the 20 unders, do you? I don't believe them. <laughs> I ain't buying it. You're not buying into any of that. Once what again, was the tournament I played one time when someone posted a 49? You're like, get out come of on, here. I know. And, and so they're on the, you know, they're, they eagle every par five. That's the one that has to happen. You have to eagle every stinking par five, which some of these par fives, I'm like, I've seen you play golf before. You're not eagling anything or your buddies. You may eagle one of those or two of them, but you're not yeah, eagling you don't all huge the par fives. You don't eagle every par five. No. You, Even you with with four really good players. No, you don't do that. Once again, thank you to all the folks out there, all the wonderful sponsors that have been a part of this for so, so long. And and to Tom McKay, he just threw in yesterday, he, he said, you know what, we're not giving 55-inch for the mini mullet. We're giving 65-inch with an LED TV oh. and a Sonos surround sound. And then for the, for the, well, that's not the way he put it. He called it the... Big F mullet open. He said um, uh, LG 86-inch, 86-inch 4K, UHD, LED TV with Sonos, uh, Arc, Dolby, Atmos surround sound that goes along with that TV. So that goes in a regular raffle, folks. All right, that'll be coming up. But you know who's in charge of the raffle, right, E? Who, you? I'm, never, never I'm not in charge of it. I know. I've never been don't accused. Don't give me that. Yeah, I'm not come on. In Who's in charge of the raffle? I don't know who is. I watch little. I watch. I bring a little young lady up there, or one of the kids. They pull out the 
The oh, names. they draw the names yes. and the, 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 the tickets. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that'll be coming up this weekend. We're looking forward to it. Last weekend, it was uh, the NFL draft. This weekend, Kentucky Derby. Just got a note from our friend Kirk Godby. We'll be talking with him at uh, 8.30 this morning. Lots of questions for him. Yeah, because you're big into the Kentucky Derby and the run for the Roses. Don't like that four slot. It's really cool. Why don't you like the four four posts? It's squeezed on the corner the first turn. We'll ask Kirk about that gonna coming ask, up. Is he on, is he going to be is he going to sit back or are they going to try to beat the corner? Well, this is fun to have a, a horse because obviously if you listen to the station, you know Craig Flowers on the high ground on Saturday mornings. He's part of a uh, group. Former most of them are former TCU baseball players. When Craig was playing for TCU back in the eighties, back in the conference they called it when he was a Horn Frog. Kirk Godby was their second baseman, and Kirk kind of started this whole thing and. Uh, uh, they were just going to raise some horses and have some fun, and now here they are. Dude, with they their... bought a horse for twenty five thousand dollars. Who's, I'm, I'm, who's hey, running in the this? Kentucky Derby, and is one of what is he twenty to one? It's twenty nine. No, he's down to twenty. Is he down to twenty? I think fine. so. Is what I saw this morning. Well, let me tell you Confidence something. Confidence game is the name of the pony that we'll be uh, rooting for. At twenty five thousand dollars, they won the Rebel Stakes, which paid them five hundred fifty thousand dollars. And this horse is, you know, the of course like the Live Golf Tournament. People from from that area wanted to buy part of this horse. I mean, so you know how much money they wanted to put into this horse, and those guys are like, no deal. Confidence games. We'll talk to Kirk about the four four post draw that they got yesterday, the field, uh, what the weather looks like, and all the fun. Because uh, we'll, and then we'll talk and check in with Kirk again later in the week, like Friday, to get the final thoughts as they get this thing going to Churchill Downs, the run for the roses, and we have a uh, we can't call it a hometown horse because it's not a hometown horse, but with Craig's involvement, it's kind of made it. Uh, we you know Ty had the hat on yesterday, confidence game that they've been giving out. So we'll uh, we'll check in with Kirk coming up on the show. We are also later in the show going to check in with Jerry Hamilton, our buddy from Inside Texas, guy trying to get a read on this Ron Holland situation, who decommitted or opened opened up his recruitment uh, from the Texas basketball program and what Rodney Terry and the Horns are doing about it. Uh, we'll check in with him this morning, among other great guests. Ty Harrington will talk some college baseball with us this morning as well. So jam-packed on a Tuesday. By the way, speaking of Texas, you know they're going to have tomorrow and uh, Wednesday and Thursday, the Board of Regents, the Board of Regents will gather. And um, some pretty big topics on the table uh, for the Board of Regents, the system board coming up on the 3rd and the 4th. Uh, the board has announced on their discussion points they will discuss appropriate action related to legal issues concerning the terms of contracts associated with UT Austin's membership in the Southeastern Conference. So the rubber stamping of the payments it's going to take to, to buy their way out of the Big 12 um, you know, they, the $100 million distributable revenues that, of course, UT is going to be able to partially offset with future revenues and the Longhorn Network contract. and But all that will be discussed at length uh, tomorrow and Thursday by the board. And they will also uh, discuss the employment agreement as it relates to new head men's basketball coach Rodney Terry. So that new contract will be pushed through. So a lot of big developments will be coming from the 40 Acres tomorrow and Thursday, but man, the SEC is uh, one year away now. It's May. Obviously, by July of 2024, the Longhorns will be in the Southeastern Conference. So, um, You ready to start changing your patches on your unis? Uh, what's that? Get those patches changed mm-hmm. up. Kind of change a lot of things. That's going to, speaking of rebrand of the Houston Texans, right. it's a rebrand wow. of Texas into the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, their, their, their athletic departments are trying to finish strong. Because obviously, like baseball is going on right now, basketball, they're going to have another season right. beyond the current one. But uh, this coming football season will be the last one for the Longhorns in the Big 12 and Oklahoma. 
and um, you know the SEC is in the future. So those those actual you know all the discussions and agreements and you know when the board of regents gets together and starts cutting checks and those kind of things, it gets down to brass tacks. We're going. Uh, we're out of here. <laughs> we'll see you later. And obviously, as they they talked about and have said when it was decided that it was going time to move to the SEC for the long haul, you know it's a we're it's sure a fifty year decision that you're making here. Would be sweet to win the first Big Twelve championship and the last on the way out. Ooh, well, Leno, kicking in the door the first time and kicking you listen, in the ass you on the were, way out. You you had a ring <laughs> that you lost uh, for the first Big Twelve championship ever played, where you guys knocked off the Nebraska Cornhuskers as a twenty-one point favorite uh, because Ricky Williams had a hell of a game blocking. Yes, uh, Priest Holmes ran like crazy. James Brown, was James fantastic. Brown, and the Longhorn. And we decided you just not enough to, defense. Just don't give them the ball back. Whatever you do, just enough defense. Well, you know what the uh, the folks in Vegas believe. The folks in Las Vegas, Nevada, where they set odds and things of that nature. Ty has probably seen this already. The odds favorite to win the Big Twelve in twenty twenty three, the Texas Longhorns, plus one sixty. The all-gas, no-excuses season is in full because Vegas is behind the Longhorns. Oklahoma is plus 300. K-State's all the way down at plus 750. SMU at plus 750. Texas Tech plus 900. Baylor plus 1,700. So pretty precipitous drop from the top four. The top four favorites to win the Big 12 this year are TCU, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. But Texas, the clear favorite. Texas, the clear favorite. Yeah, and, I, uh, of, those, of those teams, Oklahoma, Kansas State, TCU, and Tech, the Longhorns have fewer question marks and holes to fill than anybody. We told you yesterday that a part of the good news of this weekend that just passed is that the transfer portal closed. Like it opened on the fifteenth of April, it closed right at the end of the month, and so, and the Longhorns did not see any significant, you know, movement of players, including their backup quarterback Malik Murphy. A lot of people thought after his performance in the spring game, showing that rocket arm and the big, you know, the big throws he made, that maybe there would be some flirtation and he could jump in the portal and maybe go start somewhere because you know Quinn Ewers is the starter here, but uh, he didn't. He isn't, you know, sticking and staying, and will be here as a Longhorn backup quarterback competing for the starting job come August and all summer long. By the way, yep, all summer long. You like that? I, I well, I I'm picking before it even starts Texas and Oklahoma to play for the Big Twelve championship. Both on the way out. Well, and I still think Oklahoma is going to be pretty good this year. I don't know. I don't. I mean, we, we, we talked to our insiders after their spring game. They're concerned about their lines of scrimmage. Everything we heard from from Lincoln or from Lincoln from Norman sounded but, a lot like the Longhorns. But they're okay with their quarterback when healthy. Well, think about this. It sounds a lot like the Longhorns in years, in years when they were in coaching changes, right? We saw with Charlie Strong, we saw with Tom Herman, uh, even Steve Sarkeesian. They really like their their secondary and their speed on the outside. They like their quarterback. They're okay with run. They think running backs are deep position, but their concerns are lines of scrimmage. How many years did that sound like the Longhorns? Where okay, we like our skill talent. We think You're right. They like their secondary too, but they don't they're not big on their offensive line right now. They're not big on their defensive line. Well, that that that's the guts of your team, and the reason the Longhorns are plus one sixty to win the Big Twelve is that for the first time in a long time, their offensive line and defensive line appear to be strengths to go with the weapons on offense, sure. the speed on defense, the improvement of the defense, uh, Jalen Ford at linebacker and the deep secondary. But they 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 feel like, and now you make the you know through that transfer portal, you added the the kid Trill Carter from Minnesota to bring another big three hundred pound body to your your defensive tackle position. 
who last year at Minnesota was honorable mention all Big Ten. He played 480-some snaps. He's a guy that can come in and get into that rotation at defensive tackle. Uh, the, the position the Longhorns are most con, you know not most lacking, I think, is edge pass rusher. Um, but really everywhere else, I think they feel pretty good. And their lines of scrimmage, anchored by Kelvin Banks and that, uh, that young offensive line that should be growing up, that's what gives the Longhorns confidence that you know, not just can they be the favorites and be in the Big 12 championship game this year, that they're building something that can sustain once they get to the Southeastern Conference in 2024, because that is a line of scrimmage league. You've got to be there. It feels like Steve Sarkeesian is pushing the Longhorns towards that on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I, I don't think Oklahoma's there I, yet. I think I will have my concerns about the quarterback play always sure. here. Well, it's just it's just to me, if that plays out, I, I don't expect anything but great things from that offensive line. I mean, they're just that good. I mean, well, the kids are that, be. the players are that good. Should be developing yes. under Kyle Flood. If they develop year one into, you know, into the new year like they did last year, yeah, that guy can defense. coach. That's the you know, that's the optimism. But you're right. I mean, the ceiling of this team will be predicated on quarterback. Absolutely. Play. Uh, if Quinn yours becomes a consistent, you know, guy that moves the team and puts the ball in the end zone, and that's exactly you know, and that's exactly what they'll do. They'll put it in the end zone. Well, they have the weapons to do it if they they block for it, and uh, you know they didn't. They just went through a, a healthy spring with with but they, but they were careful with their running backs, right? Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson right. didn't play much. Those are expected to be two of the the key guys in that backfield. So look, there's a lot to like, and Vegas likes them, and I, we I like wish them. they were plus two hundred, Ty. Because if they were plus two hundred, I'd be taking a trip after the mullet opened and heading to Vegas because I'd, I'd put that down. Give me plus 200, I'll feel real good. Yeah, I Plus bet. 160 just kind of... Not great odds. Okay. I mean, they're a favorite. No, that's that's a pretty big favorite right there when the next group is plus 300. I mean, I... And it's Oklahoma with a lot more questions than Texas does. And that thing's going to go down more so than... I, well, I think depending on that Alabama game... Depending on how that game goes, you'll see that number either rise or fall pretty pretty precipitous, pretty yeah. fast. Uh, yeah, I... Well, and that's the I other know. part, right? Texas has a lot of confidence in what they've got. Alabama reloads under Nick Saban, but they are reloading. I mean, they're new, new quarterback, new coordinators. Their fans were a little bit concerned what they saw in the spring game from the offense. Uh, so, look, there'll be some starstruck guys going to Alabama. Let me tell you, well, they went toe to toe with them last year. I mean, going to let I mean, one get going away. to Alabama. Now, the Alabama kids said it's the loudest place they've ever been is here. here. Well, so, and again, I was in. I was a part of that loudest place they've ever been, and. Uh, Texas would have won that game if not for some questionable officiating and one guy, Bryce Young. Number you know, one. Fourth quarter, yeah. the number one pick who just went off the board in the fourth quarter said, Bill O'Brien, get out of the way. I'm going to win this game for us. And he absolutely, Bill O'Brien, their offensive coordinator. And Bryce Young carried them to that victory uh, by a point over the Longhorns. Now, one year and a game doesn't equal what happens next year, but the Longhorns have to at least feel confident that they, sure. they go to Tuscaloosa and be in the ball game and uh, make it a fourth quarter game. That's going to be the focus. All right, lots to talk about. Big 12 winner, according to Vegas, Texas, plus 160. We'll take your thoughts. Also, uh, getting all those other top stories we're talking about back into the NFL post-draft conversation and how about playoff game Harden last night James Harden in wow. uh, Boston we'll get the uh, the facts of the day on that coming up first here's Craig it's Bucky and Aaron coming up in our coach's corner next hour after the headlines we'll dive back into the NFL post-draft conversation concerning the Cowboys and the Texans Cowboys uh Sticking to their draft board, we'll dive into the moves they made, of course, and the uh, possibility of bringing back Ezekiel Elliott still on the table, according to the owner and general manager, Jerry Jones. Uh, also, the Texans with a complete rebrand and at least two uh, faces of the franchise now Coach on Elliott. offense and defense. Coach Elliott could be coming back. Somebody texted and said, E, 
Can you really say you were a part of that loud Alabama crowd when you were sitting in a suite? Look, I was on the front row of the Bud Light suite, and we had the window wide open. And you don't sit around just up there eating. You watch. You're watching the game. No, I sit right in the corner on the front row between the goalposts and intently watch. I was leading a game. whole section of people. I was leading a whole suite of people. There you go. <laughs> I, Were you standing up tight? I, I've told the story before, but before that game started, I walked my seats. You know, I had my pregame beers in me already. I was excited, and there was uh, three or four older men sitting behind me with their arms crossed. You know, already, waiting for the game. Already accepted defeat at that point, and I and I said, I turned around, and I told them, "Hey, we're not going to have any of that in this section." This game, so you better. You, might you didn't as well say to them right get now. up. You didn't tell them to uh, get up, did you? Did. No, and they what? they kind of looked at me weird, and then we started hot, and they were like jumping on me. Dude, it's, watch it, out it for those awesome. old guys at the game; they'll nut punch you. Well, while mean, you're standing, they've been going to a lot of games up. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. If the game had gone differently, I yes, I would expect that. But, okay, and it. Did, I mean, we did lose, but they definitely that it wasn't the usual pissed off old man UT fan in the stands. I would say that. Listen, it was uh, one hell of a game. I still don't know how the call in the end zone. Wasn't a safety or a fumble or a sack, something against uh, CJ or against uh, Bryce Young. Uh, but in the end, when it mattered most, Bryce Young was the best player on the field and uh, carried them to a one point victory. But uh, let's hope for more of the same in Tuscaloosa next year as the Longhorns have been established as the odds favorite by the folks in Vegas to win the Big 12. Uh, adding fuel to the all gas, no excuses season for the Longhorns under Steve Sarkeesian. And obviously, the spotlight will be on Sark. But give Sark credit for this. There were a lot of those, especially in the national media who cover college football, who thought there was no way the Longhorns would go into the 2023 season with all three quarterbacks still on the roster. You know, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, Malik Murphy, how they keep all these guys in this era of free agency in the portal. It's a little bit different than basketball. And give credit, as uh, Sark still has all three of those guys going into the summer as the portal closed on Sunday. And uh, Malik Murphy has talked about wanting to continue to get better and develop under Sark and, and A.J. Milwee and compete with Quinn Ewers and... Uh, you know, I'm assuming since he said it in public a lot that Steve Sarkeesian sells to Malik Murphy a lot that there's there's been guys who were backup quarterbacks who get drafted in the NFL. I'm not saying that at some point Malik may not want to go, you know, play as a as a you know a starter on a program, but right now you know his best role is going to be competing and pushing because Arch Manning is not ready to start. You know, for, for Texas, he's a high school kid who's trying to learn the way, and this summer will be big for him now that he is. You know, learned the play. You know, gotten to learn the playbook, and, and he's got to go absorb it and put it to practice this summer and come back with a good August. But Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter, but Malik Murphy is the guy who can absolutely push him. And you know, you know, you're going to need at some point your backup quarterback. Bucky's going to have yeah, to play. Yeah, for now you got to learn the competition, the level of competition. That's right. Well, yeah, and he was because you're you've already felt what it is the the speed of the game. Now you've been around here long enough. To understand, it's a different speed, but it's the level of competition now. If guys can turn their back sure. and make plays on you, you there's know. just so much to learn. Sure. Right? I mean, as, as, his last name's Manning. His he's got the pedigree. He looks the part, but he was playing what would be the equivalent of three A high school in Louisiana. It's a private right? school, yeah. yeah. It's a private school level of high school. This is a whole different animal. Uh, gosh, what he saw in the spring was a whole different Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Uh, and certainly it'll it'll grow from there. But but the fact that that Sark on the roster now has you know experienced quarterbacks in Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy now, who's been through the the retool of his delivery and uh, has been on campus to get comfortable and really wants to compete for and push Quinn Ewers through the summer and into uh, 
to um, you know August can only be a good thing for the Longhorns in my mind. But all three still here, so a very deep and talented quarterback room. Dude, you oh, you wish your guy when you're competing, you wish your guy well. You don't want anything to happen to him, but all you want is to get your chance to to make it. You know what I'm saying? By the way, that uh, that Alabama game in the suite. I believe that was my last game in the suite last year. I think afterwards they they're like it's too crowded. We don't have any room for anybody because I was just I'm there as an ambassador for them and like no no more room at the end. Then I had to be out. Down. Yeah, I was out. Just too many too many fans interested. You know, wanted to be there. So, but it was a good. That was the loudest crowd I've ever been to. Fans were tremendous from the uh, early morning hours through through a very hot day. And let's hope uh, a big contingent makes the way to uh, Tuscaloosa. Think it'll be that loud for the Rice Owls? Well, hell yeah. I think the beginning of the season. I mean, just the, the first game itself will be loud until about the end of the first when it's supposed to be about 21 to nothing. We'll get to boo JT, JT Daniels one more time. Oh, I forgot about that guy's <laughs> playing again. He's that, that, back. Profe- that professional's actually playing professional ball for Rice this year. Fourth different team for JT Daniels. He'll be the quarterback for the Rice Owls September 2. Hey, we're back. We'll reset the headlines, dive into that coach's corner. It's B&E with you on this busy Tuesday. Glad you're with us.